Welcome everybody to another episode of the Swiss Football Show. It's been quite a while. Um, we have been absent for uh, a little bit over a week now, Giacomo. Um, some exciting stuff has happened in the meantime. Uh, obviously, the main thing was uh, Switzerland qualified as group winners for World Cup in uh, Qatar for uh, 2022, Giacomo. Uh, both of us, we were actually together in the stadium in Luzerne, uh, where Switzerland trashed Bulgaria 4-0. Uh, what are your memories about this night? Yes, exactly. We weren't able to, to record for two weeks because we usually record on Mondays and we were at the stadium last Monday. So that's a good excuse, I guess. And uh, of course, big nights, crazy feelings, crazy emotion. Um, you know, the, the Nati made us dream, really. And, uh, you know, qualification for the World Cup over Italy, a big game in the second half, a lot of goals, such a great atmosphere in the Swiss Pol Arena. So a night to remember. Yes, for sure. Absolutely a night to remember. I would even go as far as saying um, that was the most memorable night in recent Nazi history, right behind uh, the epic victory over France. Yes, could be, man. Because to be honest, the the achievement is huge. You know, being qualified over Italy, uh, scoring four goals in the second half, uh, everything in a packed Swiss Pol Arena. So yes, the achievement for sure. Nobody would have bet on on Switzerland first of that group stage before uh, it started. So yes, the it's it's fair to me to say that behind the Swiss Switzerland France the this summer. That's one of the biggest achievements lately. Yes, absolutely. And this also kind of leads me to the thought that uh, this year has probably been the best Nazi year of, of, our, of our time. Oh, I, can, I certainly can't remember a better year the Nazi has had. And I'm pretty sure uh, there hasn't been a year uh, where Switzerland actually uh, like beat France at the Euros, uh, qualified over Italy for a World Cup. I mean, that's just sensational. Yes, we have to. We have to. I think we still don't realize, but you know, at the end of that year, we will see the, you know, everything that happened during the, of course, the Euro. Right now, that's a lot of things in a short amount of time and. Every time an achievement, an achievement, and Switzerland is really proving uh, as as clearly took taken the the next step. That's for sure. And you know, right now we are almost getting used to that big. We don't we don't have to to get used to to that kind of achievement because it's crazy what Switzerland has done, and we have to to realize it and to to be proud. Yes, it is absolutely crazy, and I mean. Uh... Just a couple of months after uh, Vladimir Pekovic, the most successful Nazi coach we've had, left um, and Murat Yakin took over, Yakin is already a, a national hero, a national treasure. And you know what? I mean, at the start, many people were a bit skeptic about Yakin. Uh, we have also talked about it. Uh, but to be honest, I mean, now I haven't heard anything bad about him coming from anyone. It just feels like the whole country is behind him. And that's a feeling we have never had with Petkovic. And uh, it's also a big part of that actually goes to Yakin and the way he presents himself, I think, and the way um, he's working with media and the way he also knows how to promote himself a little bit. And uh, he is just creating his very own story and his very own myth as like the national coach of Switzerland. And uh, it's great to see because, I mean, it just it just feels natural already now. Yes, clearly, like you said, nobody is doubting now. People were doubting a few months ago. Right now, everyone is with Yakin, you know. His communication, like you say, is perfect because he's near the fans, he's really transparent, he's friendly, he tries to be an open person you know, uh, very sympathetic, etc. And the results are there, you know, qualified over Italy. We only lost, uh, we only conceded one goal in uh, official games against Italy. We didn't lost a single one. We are playing good football. We, uh, he made some strong choices by bringing in new faces in the Nazi, etc. So you can't really criticize him, you know. He, he, in French, there is an expression, il a mis tout le monde d'accord. So everyone agrees with him right now, you know. So that's what I feel like with Yakin, and 
he only needed three, four months, and what he achieved is big. Yes, it's amazing. Have you seen the video clip that uh, <laughs> yes. SFO uh, tweeted today uh, with Yakin kind of uh, packing all the chocolates in a in a box and uh, singing Sweet Caroline while doing it and uh, kind of sending it a box over, over to Northern Ireland as a little thank you. Uh, I mean, just media stunts like that, just, um, you know, portray that picture of Yakin as being close to the people, as being people friendly, as being open. And that's something that Petkovic never liked to do. You know, he was, he never, he never let people close to him and he never let the media close to him. And Yakin is just the complete opposite. And it's just a very refreshing after uh, what has been like seven, eight years with Petkovic uh, to see a development in, in that kind of, in that kind of way. And I'm not saying that what Petkovic did was particularly bad or, uh, or wrong. It was just his style, and Yakin has a whole new style, and the Petrovic style worked, and Yakin's style is working as well. And I think the good thing with Yakin's style is that his style is more unifying, you know, because he actually does bring the whole country behind him. And uh, that's beautiful to see, and I can't wait to see what next year, uh, like, holds in storage for the Swiss Nazi. Exactly, and I, I pretty agree with everything you said, and like you said, we are really excited now to see what's coming, because keep in mind we were... Uh, without a lot of players right now, you know, Mbolo, Kshaka, Seferovic, etc., Elvedi, and uh, by the next games, we will have them back, we will have some new phases from the U21 maybe, so exciting times are coming, and until now, Yakin has done almost everything right, so we can only be looking forward to the what's coming. Yes, absolutely. Um, that's so something I also wanted to mention is that if we are saying 2021 has been an exceptional year for the Nazi, which obviously was, we also have to remember that half of the year we were playing without some of our most important players for years. Uh, for example, Granit Xhaka. Um, before the Euros, if anybody would have told us you're going to qualify over Italy for the World Cup without Granit Xhaka, Nobody would have believed you because Granit Xhaka until the Euros and also during the Euros was uh, the face and uh, also like the heart and uh, the brain of, of, of that Swiss Nazi. And it already started in the, in the quarterfinals against Spain where Xhaka was suspended, I think, uh, so he couldn't play there. And uh, Switzerland just weren't the same without him. But now they have taken that next step, Andrew Murat Yakin, that they are even able to perform on an extremely high level without Grani Chaka. And, uh, you know, being able to kind of get away from the influence of one of your best players and also being able to perform without him is very important in my eyes, because you shouldn't be dependent on, on singular players. Um, yeah, and other than that, also what you mentioned, like uh, the individual quality is the highest that I can remember. I mean, I have never seen, uh, surely in, in my days, never seen a Nazi as talented as this one, because like you said, now we've suddenly had guys like Noah Okafor coming in and making the difference. Ruben Vargas stepping up. Uh, Renato Steffen is suddenly playing a role. And so on and so on. Fabian Frey is back. Uh, the list goes on, the list goes on. And uh, now I would actually say we have a core of maybe about 30, 35 players that are international class that you know they are that there's no how should i say there's no difference in quality if you, if, if you uh, if kind of if one of them isn't there you can replace him with another one without any um without hesitating because you know he's going to deliver the same way and that, that's extremely important because for years we have had like maybe 15 maybe 20 players that you knew were on that on, the, on that level and now we have 30 plus and I would go even as far as saying we have now maybe a list of 50 players that could play a role in our Swiss national team. Um, I, I have actually written them, written them down a couple of days ago and, and counted them. So I, I came to that number. And uh, it's just um, it's just evidence of how much Swiss football has developed. Exactly. Man. You said everything, I think. You know, we we are not depending on one player. That's important. You know, we have really a, a chemistry. Uh, the players that were playing less before right now are showing that they can 
play. For example, Zakaria, who was uh, on the bench during the Euros, he didn't play much. And right now, he was one of the best players during the games against Italy, Bulgaria, and there are other players, you know, the young ones. So really exciting. And if we continue like that, you know, Switzerland won't have anymore the, the status of nation of uh, be, you know, second secondary nation in football you know you have france belgium germany maybe one day you will if it continues like that you will put switzerland in between them so at the moment what, what they're doing is uh, is really over the expectation expectations and uh, let's hope that it it continues to more move forward absolutely man absolutely yes and uh, i mean like you were saying uh, for example belgium they only came back on the map like as of 2013, 14, something like that. Uh, before that, um, they weren't like a considered a top, top nation. And since then, they uh, have like a similar size of population, I think, as Switzerland. They have made that development. And Switzerland is now doing a similar process, uh, which is extremely exciting to see. And uh, yes, I mean, I'm just, I'm just extremely, extremely uh, looking forward to to the World Cup. Even though you know it's Qatar, I know it's 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 a difficult topic, but I am happy uh, for our country and that our national team is once again going to be present at a big international tournament. Yes, only the fact of qualifying is an achievement. Then we will see in a second time what's what's about uh, going in Qatar, etc. That's another topic, like you said. And I mean, just to to make clear qualifying over Italy is extraordinary because not only they are the European champions, the reigning European champions, um, Switzerland in the last couple of years, they have never qualified directly when they were, when there was a clear favorite in the group, you know, sure. Switzerland has qualified over Denmark for 2020 euros. They've qualified over Iceland, uh, etc. but they have never qualified over a nation of the size of Italy. For example, uh, they uh, failed to qualify over Portugal in uh, for the Euro 2016. I, no, World Cup 2018 it was. Um, and now they are able to actually qualify ahead of nations like that. And it's just so freaking amazing. And I can't stress it enough, but just uh, let's just enjoy this moment and uh, let's just all together look forward to the future. Yes, man. exactly like you said. Maybe we, we could switch right now to another Swiss team, but in Europe, which yesterday got very, very close to another exploit, another big achievement after Manchester United at Wangdorf, the win at the last minute by Sibache two months ago. Yesterday, Atalanta was there, Ibe was down 2-1, Ibe was down 1-0, and at the end, 3-2 for Ibe, but at the end, 3-3. It was an absolutely crazy game, absolutely yeah. a, a roller coaster of of emotions. Um, and I mean, just huge, huge, huge respect to to eBay because what they were able to pull off without countless key players was just amazing. I mean, look at their defense, who they were playing. They had Guillaume Fevre in goal, a keeper that many of us thought wouldn't have the level to play Super League when he was at Thun. Um, now he's replacing David Vollmer almost, and he looked quite comfortable throughout the game. He wasn't the problem. Then you have a centre-back pairing consisting of Sandro Lauper, who is actually a defensive midfielder, and Nicola Bürgi, um, a eBay youth product, but he's already 24, 25, something like that. Um, he has never really made a step to being a top performer for the first team. He's been on loan countless times, and uh, because... Lustenberger, Cesiger, Kamara were all injured. Suddenly, Bürgi has to play Champions League. And uh, I mean, of course, there was a big difference in quality. If you were if you were looking at Bürgi and you, I mean, on the other side, you're looking at defenders like Demiral, Palomino, etc. But it really didn't matter that they had a lack of individual quality because they were so strong as a team and they were playing with so much effort and with so much passion that they were kind of able to to balance it out. Yes, exactly. I think yesterday it was a, a surprise even for eBay and eBay fans because they weren't, uh, especially when they considered the first goal of Zapata, everyone was thinking, ah, tonight is going to be tough. You know, nothing, maybe nothing will happen. Trini, um, Atalanta, but then uh, Ibe managed to to get back on track. I think Ibe was still 
was also a bit lucky, you know, with the, the one one touches the two two times the the bar and then goes in. Also the goal from um, the the choo choo from Sierra from uh, you know it was a bit in the middle of no of nowhere. The three two from FT of course wonder wonder bar. A wonderful goal, but it happens one time in a, laf- a lifetime. So you know. Yes, with, with his left foot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his left foot. You the know, guy so, doesn't oh, even have a right foot, and now he's scoring goals with his left foot. All the all the events were going in the direction of eBay, and that's what you need uh, also when uh, when you're the outsider in a Champions League night like that. But that uh, helped eBay to 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 go close to the big uh, the big miracle. But at the end, you know. Uh, a bad uh, free kick, you know, the the wall wasn't very good in the free kick and the treachery from Luis Muriel. Yes, I mean, look, um, obviously, um, eBay sh- should have won that game if they would have had like a decent chance, if they w- would, would have wanted to kind of preserve a decent chance for them to actually advance or at least get into Europa League. Because now you will need to have to beat Manchester United at the Old Trafford and hope for a defeat of Atalanta to move to Europa League, which probably is not going to happen. But still, um, that we can say one one game uh, before the end of the group stages that eBay still has a chance of qualifying for Europa League is not something that we would have thought um, when the groups were uh, drawn. Were drawn exactly. Thank you. When the groups were drawn exactly, um, because they are in, they were in one group with Manchester United, with some of the biggest players in in world history. Um, they are together in the group with the reigning Europa League champions with uh, Villarreal, and they are together with Atalanta, one of the most exciting teams in Italy. So nobody would have thought that eBay would win anything in that in that group. And then the first game came, and eBay went on to actually beat. Manchester United at home and sure it's a little disappointing that they were beaten the next three games and now it's just a draw but at the end of the day I mean our ex- expectations only went up because of that extraordinary victory against Man U you know um, if and we should just you know be positive about their performances in the group stages because they haven't looked out of place I think exactly man honestly they they couldn't have an really done more you know because even yesterday uh, a lot of players were missing fast night all the defenders you said and Sami is still not there and they still managed to be to put off honorable performances and to make us dream you know to make us believe for a moment Oof, so it is going to happen against manchester it was an incredible achievement for swiss football even yesterday you know getting a point against atalanta is, is still an achievement for me and uh, so they are not to be not to have any shame, not at all. Uh, at the contrary, I think uh, they have to be proud more than... Yes, because, you know, there's a little bit that narrative. Um, I personally also have, have have talked in that narrative before, you know, that eBay always fails on the European stage. <laughs> it's just, it's always up to Basel to collect the points, which has been true for many years, let's be honest. But I really do think that in the last couple of years, a little bit a development was was actually there because eBay, you know, they were excellent in Europa League last season, beating Bayer Leverkusen in round of 16. I know, round of 32, I think. Um, and now they have gained some points in the Champions League group, stage, group stages against uh, big, big, big opponents. So we should, we definitely, like you said, no shame here. We shouldn't trash them for probably leaving the group as number four um, because their performances were good. It was great to see them play. They played with so much effort, so much heart. And, you know, with, with a little bit more luck, maybe something would have been possible. Um, but it just makes you believe that eBay is able to play on that level, maybe also in the next couple of years. And um, it's just a great sign for all of Swiss football. Exactly, they show that they deserve to be in the in the Champions League. They deserve to be in the group stage. Um, the, it's a big signal also for Swiss football. You know, we deserve some spot maybe also in the Europa League. They are getting us some UEFA points in order to maybe one day to have back those uh, second spot. Uh, Champions League playoff, uh, second spot Europa League instead of Conference League. So who knows? Everything eBay has achieved uh, in the past six months against Leverkusen, like you said, against Manchester United, also the 
the qualification stage before those group stage, it was also a big uh, a big moment. So I think eBay hasn't stolen anything in order to be there. And right now they are enjoying and they have the cherry on the cake playing in Old Trafford. So big memories for all the players. I think that's a game they really are going to enjoy. And, you know, that's something you remember forever, you know, a night in Old Trafford. Yes, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, maybe they, they won't uh, go to Europa League. Probably they won't. But like I said, it's okay because they have made all eBay fans proud, I'm sure of that, with their performances. And they've been a great watch. I mean, if you've been a neutral uh, fan watching young boys in this Champions League group stage, you have been well entertained. And, um, I mean, they, you know, they, like you said, they've, they've proven that they didn't steal anything to be there and uh, that they fully deserved their, their starting spot in, in UCL. And now, you know, playing in Old Trafford, the game of their lives, like you said, um, you know, Menu is already qualified as group winner, I think. Um, so maybe, maybe, maybe they will play some of their younger guys, some of their uh, reserve reserve players, and uh, you know maybe Lusenberger should be fit um, in two weeks. So maybe they can snatch a point or something like that and do something for the ranking. And uh, if not, then I'm sure they are still going to enjoy the night. Yes, uh, I think uh, we never know, like you said, but it's it's really, you know, a, a, a nice moment for the players. You know, everyone wants to play and even if they lose, even if they are not going to qualify at the end, they have to enjoy. And of course, if you're there playing, you want to, to win. So maybe we score the first goal. Who knows what can happen? So and probably Manchester United is going to play the, the reserve. So we, we, we also don't even know who is going to be Manchester uh, coach in, in two weeks. So. Who knows? Something is still going to happen. Yes, for sure. We'll see. Um, but uh, just one last topic of eBay in Champions League, Giacomo. After these five games, which eBay player has impressed you most? Mm, uh, maybe, you know, maybe I want to give maybe a shout out to Ebisher, you know, because of his consistency. Uh, every game, he was never underachieving. He was as everyone, every time he was playing at his best form and even more, you know, he was able to perform more than in the Super League in those big European nights. And I think it was really crucial for eBay. Also, you know, when they played two in the in the midfield, when they played with three, he was also the first guy, uh, the most important, I think, most of the time. So I think offensively, defensively, he was... Uh, it was so important for eBay. What do you think? Yes, 100%. Michel Ebisher, um, proving why he's probably going to be the next eBay player that will go to the to a bigger club in the near future, uh, probably in summer. Um, you know, I also want to give a little shout out to Fabian Rieter because he has now started, I, I think, one or two games in Champions League as a 19-year-old kid. Um, from their own youth, um, and he, each time he played, he was he was brilliant. I mean, technically, he already has Champions League level. I mean, there's nothing to uh, to criticize there. Um, I mean, physically, of course, it was difficult for him, but still, I mean, I, I was impressed with him. And um, I also want to give a little shout out to Uli Garcia, Ulises Garcia, young boys left back, Nazi left back. Um, you know, he's been criticized a lot after uh, his foul uh, against Italy in the World Cup qualifiers that led to the penalty, which, of course, uh, Jorginho put over the bar. Uh, but still, um, Garcia was criticized a lot there, and rightfully so, because, you know, defensively, he does have some issues. He isn't the most, you know, the most solid in, in defending, um, he's more of a an attacking fullback. He has speed, he has, he has power, he is physical, and he's technically pretty, pretty good. Um, but in Champions League, I was really, really impressed with him because um, the intensity that he was able to get on the pitch was amazing. And to be honest, I can't think of a better performance of a Swiss left-back in the Champions League um, than Uli Garcia uh, kind of did countless times now, or not countless times, just like five times now, good performance as a Swiss left-back in Champions League. That's something extraordinary. And um, like I said, his intensity, his physic, his like his physicality, um, he really looked like 
all of eBay didn't look out of place. Yes, and it deserves a lot of credit because mentally also he did a, a crazy comeback. You know, six months ago, he, he wasn't even playing. And right now, playing every game, playing in the Champions League, being at the European level, managing to be uh, important also in the Super League with providing assists, providing goals. You know, in, a, in only a few months, with a lot of hard work and to dedication, he managed to, to be on one of eBay starting 11 staples you know, one, one of the first that plays. So a lot of respect for him and we are happy, happy to see his ascension. Playing yes. with the Nati is crazy. It's also, I think, a huge part of it goes to David Wagner because first time he, he arrived, he saw something in Garcia, you know. I think it's exactly Garcia's physicality and his power um, that impressed Wagner and that uh, led to Wagner kind of believing in Garcia and giving him the trust that he needs and giving him the confidence that he needs. And now he's delivering on a consistently high level for eBay. And I do think his his nomination into the Nazi was rightful and uh, it was the logical next step. And now, of course, the penalty he conceded was a, a little bit, um, you know, unnecessary. But he's, I, I'm sure he will learn out of that. And um, like I said, going forward, he definitely is our best uh, left back we have because if you compare him to Ricardo Rodriguez or uh, Loris Menito, I mean, there's worlds in between. Yes, it's it's uh, promising for the future. You know, if he continues on on that uh, on that way of be- getting better and better, you know, with confidence, confidence is everything to to a player. Then hard work does the the, the other part. But if he continues to to play 90 minutes, 90 oh. minutes in in Bern. For sure, is going to to have a a bigger role in the in the Nazi in the coming um, years. Do you see him moving uh, to a bigger league already? I don't think that. I think he's going to stay at eBay. Maybe in the no. At the moment, I think he's going to stay at eBay. Also next season, maybe then uh, if he continues to be in the starting eleven to deliver, wh- why not? Like uh, Jordan Lotomba in France, who knows? But at the moment, I don't think he's going to be one of the first eBay players to go abroad. Mm, okay. All right, Giacomo. Um, let's get on to the next point, shall we? Yes. And the next point is, of course, Super League. And Giacomo, I think you have a little story to tell us because it's been a special weekend for you concerning Super League. Uh, for Lugano? Not only because uh, of Lugano, but also because of personally for yourself, man. Ah, yes. I was at uh, at G- in Geneva, uh, Servette against Getze, so I was uh, observing. I, it wasn't my first one for Blue Sport, but I was observing, but they let me do the Castriotti Mary interview afterwards, so it was a nice moment, of course. The game was crazy, too. And uh, yes, I enjoyed every moment of it. Yes, like you said, you were able to get an interview with uh, Gastriot Imeri, um, another one of these youngsters coming up uh, from Switzerland. Um, he scored another goal. He's now already at five goals. He's never scored that much in any season before. Now, after 11 games, he has already five. And many of them were absolutely uh, you know, beautiful sensational. goals, sensational goals. This one on the weekend as well. I mean, incredible from an incredible angle, he hit the ball perfectly. And this guy, Castriot Imeri, if I see him play, my heart just just goes wide open and, uh, you know, I, I just fall in love with that player. It's crazy because if you are not full of confidence, you never shoot in the position Imeri was uh, on Sunday, you know. It was a, the angle was really tough and, and everyone would have thought that he, he was going to cross, but then he, and that really shows when you're confident, you try some things that you will never try usually. And uh, at the moment, uh, Imeri is really flying. So uh, Servet can only enjoy and uh, take take profit of uh, of him. Yes, and ironically, while uh, Imeri was flying, Servet was going the other way for uh, big parts of this autumn. Um, but now they won again for the first time since months. Um, I think six defeats in, like, I think six defeats, right? Including Cup. Yes. Plus um, two, go- two draws. So they, they, haven't, draws, okay. they hadn't won since uh, 
half of September, basically. Yes, yeah, since September, they weren't able to win. And now they won again, thanks to two goals from uh, Grégean Kay. And of course, like you said, um, that screamer from Castel Imeri. All three goals were assisted by Miroslav Stefanovic, who registered a hat-trick of assists already for the second time this season. I yes. mean, that's just insane, man. It is really crazy. That player is it's impressive his consistency at a high level, you know, so important for Serret. We are always we are sometimes repeating the same, but you know, Stevanovic is is just crucial, you know. He's able to put his teammates in the best possible position to, to score easy goals. Just look at the, the goal from the third goal from Kia. You know, he only has to push it in the back of the net. The pass he does to Emery also it's him. And he, on the first goal, he won the a duel with Bonatini, who is really a lot bigger of than him. So, of course, it's uh, it's really impressive what Stevanovic is doing in Servet. And Servet, like for Emery, can be really grateful to have him because uh, on tough moments like that, when you need a win, you also need Stevanovic at a high level. And that was the case on Sunday. Mm, definitely, definitely. Um, so things look better for Servet now. Um, how are things looking in Lugano, Giacomo? Well, impressive. What What's going on in Lugano? It's really impressive at the moment. Again, they won again against uh, Luzern. Luzern of the ex-coach, Fabio Celestini, who, who is now... Uh, mm-hmm. was now We're going being... to talk about it very soon. <laughs> yes. But, uh, you know, everything in the first half, it was enough. Ziegler, uh, Maric, Amura... Uh, Lugano really was able to put a, a high intensity and uh, Luzern wasn't able to to follow them. So then if Lugano is up 3-1, uh, it's tough to to come back in the second half. And uh, once again, Crocitorti showed a lot of courage. They He took the offensive risks without being afraid. And once again, tactically, it was almost uh, perfect. And now Lugano is at the third spot. And everything is is open. To be honest, the, we are going, we are getting further and further, uh, considering the the nine spots. So who knows now if they continue on that uh, on that streak? Well, if they continue on that streak, they're going to end up in Europe. I mean, it's it's insane what has happened since summer in Lugano. I mean, first there was pure chaos with the ownership. Uh, dilemma from Renzetti. Then he finally found a uh, a new club owner that was able to to purchase the club, which is uh, um, the owner of Chicago Fire, uh, Manzetto. Manzetto, exactly. Um, and then, kind of, they had since what was it like September, something like that. Where since then they have this link between Chicago and Lugano. And first thing that happened was uh, they fired Abel Braga, the coach, and everybody was like, oh, Jesus, now chaos again. But then they <laughs> put in Croci Torti out of nowhere. And since then, Croci Torti just made a like that, just all the way to the top. And um, he really transformed this Lugano side into a team which is just, you know, you just cannot beat them. It's crazy, man. Uh, especially at home, you know. They especially beat at Ibe, home. They beat Servet, they beat Luzern. And really, there is a, a confidence in, in this team. There a spirit of sacrifice for the others, you know. And also, he, he switches very often who is on the bench, who is uh, on the starting eleven, And everyone is he, playing his role, you know. They're assuming when they're on the pitch, they're doing their best. And... Uh, when the results are there, of course, everything is easier. And at the moment, the, the management of, I think, Croci uh, Torti management of the team, the 23 players, 25 plus, is tactics, because honestly, has changed a lot, you know. He's taking the risks. Uh, in-game, is often able to modify things, to switch things in order to to have the, the game under his arm during 90 minutes. I think those two factors are... Are the are those who who made until now Crocitorti su- successful at uh, Lugano? Mm, yeah, definitely. And um, you know, um, I f- I do think that Lugano has possibly a 
a really bright future ahead of them because for the first time since years all their financial worries are just blown away because of their new ownership um, then the relationship to Chicago gets them whole new opportunities not only financially but just also um, in in a way of, of transfers in a way of uh, of knowledge transfer etc etc and Third, my third point is that Lugano will possibly now also get a new stadium, right? So people are going to vote next weekend whether or not they, they want to build a new stadium in Lugano. And if they accept, which I think they are going to accept, um, Lugano will also have a brand new stadium. So there's just so many small points now that point into the right direction um, that make you think that Lugano could actually, you know in the near future have a say um, to being a, a top team in Switzerland. Yes, uh, it's on Sunday, the the crucial votation for, because also, you know, Lugano results are crazy on the pitch, but the hype is not that big because everyone is waiting for the, the results about the, the new stadium, the new sports center. So uh, it should be a yes, so it should happen. But uh, we never know. And I think everyone is going to be relieved on, I hope everyone is going to be relieved on on Sunday evening because it's so important for Lugano development, you know. The infrastructures are really poor at the moment in Cornaredo to train also the, you know, the stadium itself is not enough for for um, a Super League side, which is ambitious. So that's really the, the solution and it, it's really important for the future of Lugano and also Swiss football and football in Ticino in general. Mm, definitely. Like you said, ambition. I mean, uh, Joey Manzueto and uh, like Heights uh, who came in, um, they are ambitious, right? And they do know that, uh, for example, Lugano isn't allowed to play Europa League games in the Cornaredo. Um, when Lugano qualified for Europe in the past, they had to transfer to Lucerne or to St. Gallen. So that was already terrible if you qualify for Europe and can't play in your own stadium. So... Uh, I mean, sort of, it's, it is very important that they are able to build this new stadium also for like, um, you know, given the fact that the, like the, 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 how should I say, like the people in charge of the club, um, because they want to get to a point where you will need a stadium to compete on European level. That's, that's it. So this um people's vote is going to be extremely extremely important and um i'm very curious to find out what the luganese people decide but i'm positive i've i've heard some good things i think it's it's going to be a yes yes i am i am also feeling uh, confident and uh, it's really really important so let's cross the fingers mm, all right so Let's move on from Lugano, Giacomo, to the complete opposite to Luzern, who are obviously, um, you know, in a in a big, big, big down period since months already. The, the cup title holders, um, they are rock bottom of the table. Um, only Lausanne Sport is within reach. The other teams kind of uh, have run away a little bit if you look at the table. So they had to act, right? Yes. Yeah. They had to act and Celestini is gone now. How do you feel about it? I think that was uh, that was coming. Of course, when you hear what he said uh, to the media during the week, you know, uh, I don't care what the what the people uh, in the club are saying. I'm focusing on my team. You know, that shows that clearly something is broken between the, the dirigents and the coach. And uh, if you lose, you know, the loss in Lugano was the the one that was too much. And, uh, you know, I think that's a pity because uh, you know, Celestini won the cup. Celestini is able to to do some nice things with his players. But maybe this right now, the his dialogue, his, uh, his pitch is over for the team. You know, maybe also the team isn't good enough. The new transfer maybe aren't as good as we thought. So, uh, of course, changing something was almost... Uh, it was a must for Lucerne and now, but now the question is who is going to be the next and is he going to be able to make things work? Exactly. I mean, we can, we can think about this. Who is going to be the next coach? Um, 
Of course, there have been uh, some names rumored, uh, for example, uh, Alex Frey, Ludovic Mania, uh, Rafael Vicky, and so on. But honestly, I feel like um, someone who is able to, to pull Luzern out of the dirt would be Bernard Chalant. That's good. That's an exciting name, to be yes, honest. I would be happy to be to see yes. him in the Super League. Absolutely, I would be. It's it would be thrilling to see Chalon back in the Super League. Obviously, um, he has been fired from Kosovo, um, but he's done great work in Kosovo. Fantastic work, and now he's already 70 years old, so he's soon going to be in retirement. And why not give him like one last shot in Switzerland, and see what he can do with Luzern and the kind of pull them out of the dirt. It doesn't have to be a long-term project. Just give him a contract until the end of the season and see what he can do. And because I think with his, you know, with his emotions, with his fire, um, just the way he treats his players, because he's like a, a father figure in a way, um, I can see I can see that he will be a, the, the, the kind of coach that is able to get them back to their feet. On the other hand, you know, um, I mean, his last couple of times in Switzerland weren't uh, too successful. For example, his spell with eBay. Um, but other than that, I mean, he's he's a legend, and uh, I would be happy to see him again. Yes, absolutely. To be honest, I think uh, maybe Alex Fry is the favorite, but Chaland, like you said right now, to be honest, I would be happy to see Chaland or Alex Fry. So curious to see what's going to happen in Lucerne, and curious to see if the one the chosen one is going to be able to fix something before the the transfer window this winter yeah look um concerning charlotte it's it's not going to happen probably also because um i think this time lucerne want a coach that speaks german um obviously there have Celestini. he did well in trying to speak german but Obviously, it's it's never as easy as you have someone who's a, a natural German speaker. And I think in the situation they're in right now and where communication is so important, I do think they will go for a coach that speaks German. Um, a name that has been rumored as well is uh, Thorsten Fink. And that's something that I would also think, uh, believe could be a, a good idea. Um, he's last been in, in Japan, I think, and Bisa Kobe. Um, so he could also be a, a man for the job. Um, but concerning Alex Frey, I mean, isn't it a little too early for him? I don't know, man. I think he's ready for the next step, to be honest, because with Basel, well, you know, he started he started late, you're right. But, you know, what, what he has done in Ville is pretty encouraging, you know. Ville has a lot of youngsters and has been able to save them last year. This season, a lot of players are exploding behind him. So I don't know. You're right. Maybe it could be a bit early, but uh, it depends also on the alternatives. You know, Marcel Kohler probably could be better. Is he? Is he? He's not coaching anyone at the moment, right? No, no, no. He's still without a club. So yes, why not? To be honest, I'm really curious. Be, uh, yes. Will the new coach be announced? Maybe tomorrow or before the next mm. games. I don't know. I I think you know they they will take time because um it's their U21 coach is now in charge until winter break. Yes. Okay. Until so I break. think we're not going to find out very soon. Okay. So let's hope uh, that the the replacement will do as good as Crocitorti in Lugano when mm, Braga was yes. gone. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. So. Uh, you know, Luzerne, like you said, their transfers didn't work. Same could be said uh, for Lausanne Spor for long parts of the season. Um, except for Zeki Amduni, no one really worked out. And then they suddenly signed Lamin Kone, a 32-year-old uh, centre-back who was without a club. He's played in Sunderland. He has had bags of experience uh, from Ligue 1. Now he's at Lausanne. And he's already um, just showing that he is a absolutely class defender, Giacomo. How did you see his performance against St. Gallen? Yes, it was really solid. It was what, what uh, Lausanne needed. And there is also Simone Grippo, who was missing the other day. And we also saw that uh, in the past games when Grippo was playing, it wasn't the same that uh, putting the young defense in Lausanne. So if Grippo can manage to play with Kone, uh, then uh, Lausanne is going 
is going probably to concede less goal and that's going to be a big big factor for them if they want to in the relegation battle i think so the arrival of Kone, what he has shown in his first game is also a lot uh, is very promising i would say yes definitely definitely um also very promising is once again what fc zurich is showing us i mean i mean now it's starting to get scary right because now they even win like 30 games in Sion. what's going on <laughs> yes they they just don't stop you know if the goal from guerrero was first not allowed by the var but uh, everything is rolling well there if they're able to to get points like that three points in in valleys in a, a without shining let's say uh, that's the sign of the teams that win things so who knows if they can continue with that rhythm man impressive I mean, it is really impressive i mean they are now top of the table they are i repeat fc zurich is top of the table and of course it's only uh, november now um but absolutely nobody would have thought that i mean i've heard people say zurich were relegation fairs which i already said in summer it's absolutely stupid to say because they did amazing work on the transfer market and Andre Breitenreiter is an excellent coach. If you know the Bundesliga, then you're aware of that fact. Um, and now they just, they don't stop. Like you said, they are they are winning games like that one in Sion when they also concede like a, a red card in, in, in at the end of the game. And still they, they were able to bring it over the 90 minutes and they have another three points. And it's just so amazing. And I do hope that it, it goes on as long as possible. Yes, for the beauty of the Super League, it, it's good if they can keep on. Uh, so, but yes, really, it's crazy. Imagine just if uh, uh, Brighton Rated can, can make it until Christmas at the first position is going to be a, also just that a big achievement. Then in the second part of the season, you know, uh, Basel and eBay probably are going to to push a bit more, and one of them is probably going to win. But you know, there is something to remember for FC Zurich being able to be there after almost three months of competition. Mm, definitely. Um, do you actually see Zürich uh, like finishing somewhere between, let's say, two and three? Or do you think they will fall down at the end? Mm, I think there is, they're going to, to... No, I think they're going to be between three and five more. You know, I won't be surprised... Uh, if they lose like three games in a row or something like that. So I think pretty pretty quickly they're going to to be not in trouble, but to to slow down, especially in the second part. You know, just imagine if a player is missing, a player gets injured. So I don't know, but uh, okay. until now, n almost nothing to say, to be honest. Mm. I hope they finish at least third and then qualify for Europe because Zurich is always excellent in Europe. Um, one of those teams that delivers when playing in Europe um, and because they can't qualify via via Swiss Cup because they are out. They actually lost to Yverdon Sport, like the only uh, low light of the season so far for Zurich was uh, being eliminated by Yverdon. But other than that, it's an absolutely magical season for Zurich. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just Andre Breitenreiter masterclass once again. Do you know who Zurich are playing on the weekend? Uh, they're playing this weekend. I don't yeah. know, man. Do you do, do you know? Um, I don't want to tell any Let anything that's not true, but I think they are playing young boys. But maybe this yes. is just Zurich young boys Sunday yes. at two fifteen p.m. Wow. Yes. Oh man, that's the going. That's going to be the game of the weekend. Yes. Zurich young boys. I mean, Zurich. They have been trashed by young boys uh, in recent times. Every time they have been absolutely dismantled. Um, but maybe this time uh, with eBay being tired from Champions League yeah. you never know if they do win this one um, ooh, then I don't know man. Then what are we doing then are we yes. do we need to say Zurich is, is favorite for no they aren't favorite but I mean who knows huh? the, the, the game on, on Sunday is really huge because if they manage like you say if they beat eBay then hmm then we are talking. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, Giacomo, I think we're already coming uh, to the end of the podcast. Uh, maybe just one last takeaway. Now, 
um, on boltsplus.com. We have written an article this week um, where we were talking about uh, who was the biggest, or not the biggest, I'm sorry, who was the best Super League signing of the season. And I'm just curious to, to hear what is your take on that? If you have to choose one player, who is, in your opinion, the most or the best signing of summer 2021? I think uh, I, I will say Belmar from Basel, because if we consider the defense of um, of Basel last year, of course, this year, the, their keeper is also incredible. You know, shout out to Lindner, which is who is I think we can affirm that pretty easily the best keeper of the league in the start of the season. But, you know, if we see the defense of Basel last year and this year, uh, you know, Pelmar has been really a, a crucial part of it and uh, is really young for the future, is a really a, a super investment, I think. So uh, yeah, I think really Andy Pelmar at the beginning, he was just on loan, but right now he is owned by Basel. So I plus he's speaking French, so he's in, in Switzerland, perfect for him. So I really think that uh, that's a massive uh, signing for Basel. And I really like his style of play, everything about him. Yes, no, I, I 100% agree. I think Andy Pelmar deserves every bit of, of that, uh, you know, of that nomination as being the, the best signing of the summer. Still, um, I go with someone else. I go with Zürich left-back Adrian Guerrero. The Spanish uh, left back who is just absolutely sensational for Zurich. He's already been decent for Lugano last season, but what he's doing now is just crazy. Um, I mean, his stats are incredible. He has five assists and three goals um, after like 13 games, something like that. For a left back, eight scores in that period is just insane. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and he the has... energies. The energy exactly. rings in the pitch. His energy and his pace and his willing to his willingness to fight is just amazing. And uh, just his signing alone uh, is giving FC a whole new level. Also attackingly, because uh, the left side is now so much stronger, but also just with his passion and uh, with his aggressiveness, it's just so amazing to see. Absolutely, man. I think uh, it's, a, it's a good call also, Adrian Guerrero, because he also has adapted really quickly, no problem switching from Lugano to FCZ and yes one of their key players for sure and uh, without Guerrero FCZ probably wouldn't been that high on the on the ranking so yes shout out to him and I think he's going to continue at that return because he's not overperforming I really think that's his level so um, FCZ can be happy to have him this season mm, absolutely and uh, with uh, these lovely words about Adrian Guerrero we are going to close today's episode Giacomo, thank you so much for joining once again. And the uh, listener also, uh, thank you so much for sticking with us once again. Um, we are going to be back next week, hopefully on time then, yes. with another episode <laughs> talking about... Yes, and the... one last thing, good oh, luck yes. to FC Basel tomorrow against oh, yes. uh, Kaira Talmati in the Conference League. So Basel... that's also a crucial mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. That's a, a tr- must win. It's a must win. I think we can say it. So let's hope that Basel is winning on on Tuesday in uh, Kazakhstan. Is it in Kazakhstan? In Kazakhstan, exactly. Long trip. They had a very very long trip. Yes. Okay. Thank you for listening and uh, see you soon. Yeah.